my dream is that the Flywheel Nation, the community that I have, is seen as the place for these high-impact achievers to go, to connect with other people, to find somebody that can contribute to what they're doing if they're stuck with something. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau, the podcast for corporate refugees who want to do more of what they love and get paid what they're worth. I'm David Schreiner Khan, your guide and community builder. Smashing the Plateau is more than just a podcast. We are a community of like-minded consultants who are committed to supporting one another on our business journey. Before we start, I'd like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. Struggling with achieving your business goals and navigating it through challenges can be overwhelming, but here's a solution. Visit smashingtheplateau.com goals to book your free 30-minute goal coaching session with me. This one-on-one session offers a unique opportunity for you to gain clarity on your business aspirations, identify roadblocks hindering your progress, and outline practical steps toward achieving your goals. It's personalized, focused, and designed to equip you with the insights to drive your business forward. It's a limited-time offer, so seize the moment. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash goals. In today's episode, we're delighted to welcome back Jürgen Strauss, Chief Podcasting Innovator with InnovaBiz. Jürgen discusses the essential need for entrepreneurs to seek assistance as they navigate their business journey, emphasizing the value of shared expertise. He delves into the importance of community in fostering growth, progress, and beneficial interactions. Moreover, Jürgen shares some insightful perspectives on the AI technology chat GPT and how it serves as a reflection of collective human intelligence. Get ready for an enlightening conversation on entrepreneurship, community, and AI technology. Now let's welcome Jürgen Strauss. Jürgen, founder of InnovaBiz, is the world's best human-centered podcasting coach, guiding achievers to harness podcasting for business growth. With over 590 InnovaBuzz podcast episodes, his expertise lies at the crossroads of technology, human behavior, and marketing. Jürgen leverages years of experience in both corporate and small business sectors to foster deep connections, expanding professional networks for high-impact individuals. He seamlessly integrates generative AI like ChatGPT with human connection for effective communication. Additionally, he's a passionate photographer, speaker, and cyclist. Jürgen, welcome back to the show. Thanks, David. It's a privilege to be here with you today. Jürgen, the last time you were on Smashing the Plateau back in 2020, we talked about your own career journey from years of corporate experience to small business to working with consultants and coaches. What's new since 2020? (laughs) A lot's happened since then, right? (laughs) All over the world. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So part of the impact of the pandemic, of course, on everyone has been lockdowns and staying at home. And in those early days, I realised very quickly that people were missing that human connection part, that in-person meeting, that ability to go out and talk with one another and share experiences. And, And that connection is so important, particularly to entrepreneurs that are often living a lonely existence. And 
One of the things I did very early on, well, first of all, there are a lot of Zoom meetings and I got involved in a lot of Zoom meetings or Teams, whatever, whatever the system was people used, but a lot of online meetings. And there was this online meeting fatigue that started to creep in and people said, I'm sick of these online meetings. And I thought there must be a better way to do these online meetings and bring people together and build some genuine human connection. So I started running these events to bring together my podcast community. And it it was born out of, I think it was the 300th episode that we celebrated. And I said, let's have a celebration by getting online. And I facilitated some conversations. So it wasn't your typical networking meeting. In fact, I called it this is a not networking meeting. And I facilitated some meaningful conversations. We had a lot of fun. Everybody really enjoyed the process. But most importantly, they walked away with a couple of new connections that they were able to then continue those conversations with those people that they resonated with. And later on, I learned that there are a lot of outcomes from that, that that were serious business outcomes. For example, I mean, this, the easy ones were other podcasters found guests and potential podcast guests found other podcasters that they didn't know existed. They'd met them, they hit it off. And as a result, they got to be on their podcast or, or the podcasters got to have new awesome guests. Other things that happened out of that were there were some joint venture initiatives that started and there was some pretty significant business. So I thought, this is fantastic. So I began running those events fairly regularly. And as I did that, I wondered, is there something I can do to allow that community to have these sort of connections and have these conversations without me being there? like while I'm sleeping because a lot, a lot of the people live in the other hemisphere of the world, so they're up and working while I'm sleeping and vice versa. And so I started building this community platform where we have a lot more of those things happening. And and as we speak today, I'm building out that community platform to reach out back to previous guests in the early days of my podcast, bring all those on and grow that community to the point where I have all 590 guests, I hope, or 594, I think is the latest count. And in time, we'll be introducing that community to a select group of listeners. So I still want to curate the community carefully. I don't want to let everybody into that community, but I do want to allow selected listeners to pay for the privilege to have access to these awesome guests and to the events that we run in that. We have run some training events and I'm also in the process of taking some of the expertise of those guests that are in the community and seeing what we can do, giving them the opportunity to present their expertise. We all learn from that and, of course, it provides opportunity for them to showcase their skills and perhaps win new business as a result. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing in that time. It's kind of, it was triggered by the pandemic and the impact that it's had on us. Uh, but I must say it's it's something that I'm now totally focused on and I'm really enjoying. Yeah. Jürgen, congratulations for seeing an opportunity and tapping into it. 
one of the challenges that many people face when they see such an opportunity is in addition to how to actually make it work operationally, they also struggle with how do I actually make a business out of this? Because it's one thing to connect people and um, I'm sure you get as many invitations to free online things as I do, but it's another thing to actually do it and be able to make it part of your business or maybe make it the entire business. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. And, and I'm still navigating my way through that challenge as far as the community goes. The, the model is that we'll have training programs as part of the community that will be paid training programs. So there'll be products that are part of the business model and also membership of the community for listeners will be a paid membership ongoing. At the moment, my focus is very much on building the value within that podcast community to get to that level. And a spin-off from, from this, of course, is that as I build and strengthen those relationships with podcast guests, there's other business opportunities that are coming my way. And, and that's really how I'm sustaining the business at the moment. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for others that are exploring similar models? about what to, what to say yes to, what to say no to, and how to figure out where there's that ideal intersection between what it is you like to do, what it is you're really good at doing, what serves the audience, and then how do you actually do this in a way that's financially feasible? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really good question. I'm not sure I'm in a position to give advice at this stage, I'm still in the experimenting phase. So I'll be totally honest on that. One of the things I think is really important is to understand who the audience is. Who's the audience for the community? Who are the ideal customers for the community? So for me, I'm really clear that I want to guide high impact achievers and their coaches, entrepreneurs, their, their thought leaders, often their authors and allow them to come into this world and, and build a world of vibrant connections, but allow them to come into this world then that is already a, a world of vibrant connections, a community of those connections. And through doing that, transform their impact and transform their business. And a lot of that is through the power of podcasting, of course. So so it brings together things that I'm passionate about and things that I really love doing. And I guess that's that would be the second bit of the advice. No, well, first bit, know who your audience is, know who your ideal clients are, and then get really clear about what are the things that you love doing that will add value to their world. Right, which is really marketing 101. It is, yeah. Right, understanding who the audience is. Often, though, we kind of forget to do those fundamentals and we jump over them. Yes, yeah, I've seen this happen way too often where you might think something is a really good idea and you like to do it, but turns out that there isn't such a great market for it. Hmm. And if you spend time building it and nobody comes, that could be a real challenge. Yeah. Yeah. The other bit of advice perhaps I'd give is, is find ways to test these things very quickly. And then if you find, as you say, nobody comes, it's nobody's really interested. Don't hang on to it too long. Jürgen, what are some of the ways that you've been testing what you're doing? Well, I, I started off using 
Circle as the platform and it was available to me. So I went a month in Circle. Everything was there in terms of the platform concepts. I didn't spend a lot of time branding it or putting additional content in there. I had plenty of content. So I used the content I had and then just started running those events and asking people. So the events were easy to run. I set up um, a system where um, we got feedback for the events. And again, I used existing systems. I, I just either subscribed to things for a month simply to test them out. And then as I realized, yes, this is working, I then started, okay, is are these systems that I've started with, are these the best systems? And the answer usually was not really, not for the long term. So then as the concept was proven, I then started to build the actual platform that we're using right now and fine-tuning that. And I'm still playing with with that platform. It's got lots of flexibility and the people that have developed the software are still adding features to it, which is really fantastic because their whole focus is exactly on the type of thing that I'm doing. So it's kind of a really good match. Mm. Which platform is it? Really good question. It's Heartbeat Chat, it's called. (laughs) I've forgotten the name of it because I just refer to it as Flywheel Nation, which is my community name. Right, so it's your brand. Yeah, but the platform is heartbeat.chat. Got it. Now, I know that particularly from from our last conversation three years ago, and also just from knowing you, I know that you have made similar kinds of transitions in your professional life and in your business career. Is this a very similar methodology? This make sure you're you're really clear on who your audience is, dial sort of dial in on that, and then test things quickly. Yeah, it is pretty much the same philosophy, and then adapt. Yeah, because when I when I left the corporate world, it was pretty much I had a vision of what I wanted to do, and that didn't really resonate at the time because of various reasons. So I had to pivot very quickly to what what I realised people were looking for at the time and then adapt that to my whole philosophy around human connection and making marketing really meaningful from the human connection point of view so that it does actually generate long-term business. Yeah. Are there particular questions you like to ask to learn who your market is or, or methods that you like to go about to try to understand the market? Probably no no particular questions. I like to get to talk to people and really just understand, well, where are the gaps? I guess one of the questions I ask a lot is, how can I contribute to what you're doing? And that usually opens up a dialogue of, it's a different dialogue to how can I help you? Because nobody really needs help, you know, unless they're kind of, they've fallen into raging rapids and they're about to drown. Well, they, they need help then. But entrepreneurs that have decided to go down a particular path, they don't necessarily need help. I'm doing inverted commas here. They do need assistance in various areas. We all need assistance in various areas because we all have expertise and we all lack expertise in other areas. So the question of how can I contribute to what you're doing kind of starts a different conversations. And then I just like to have a conversation and follow up on, well, what does that look like? If somebody then responds and says, well, you could help me 
build a marketing campaign or you can help me start a podcast or you could help me start a YouTube channel. I don't know what it might be, but then then I usually follow up with, well, what does that look like or why are you doing that or who's who's the audience, of course, is, is usually my question to those kind of uh, responses and who's the audience and what's the outcome you're looking to achieve from this initiative. Yeah. What are some of the most surprising answers that you've received? <laughs> I'm not sure I've had any surprising answers. I get answers like grow my business and I kind of dig into that and say, well, okay, what does that look like and how how do you think this will help grow the business? I also get answers like, um, well, a lot of the times they're, they're answers that are vague and it tells me that people haven't really dug down deeply or they, they're not clear, they don't know how to express exactly what it is they're looking for. And, and so I guess the surprising part is when we have the conversations, when we get to the point where the person says, ah, oh, now I know, and simply by asking lots of questions, we actually uncover what it is they're really after, what it is, you know, so it may be, okay, I want to grow my business, but when we get to the really deep root of what they're after, that that's when I get really excited and particularly when they go, oh, yes, that's, I've never been able to articulate that before, but that's what I'm after. At that point, we can then get really clear about action steps. In fact, a lot of the time, the person I'm talking to usually says, I know what I need to do now. What happens if you find out that the answer to the question is something you can contribute, but maybe you don't want to, or you have a hunch that it might not be such a good opportunity for you? Yeah. Even though you could help and they would like you to contribute in some way. Yeah. If that's the situation, what I always do is I say, look, I'm I'm not the best person to help you with that, or I'm not the best person to to contribute to that initiative. And given the network of people I have around me and that I'm connected to, I can usually say, you should speak to this person who I think is in a better position to give you the assistance you need. And that always, that always is a positive thing for both parties. That is true. Hmm. Yeah, being able to make a referral where the two parties can benefit, can be beneficial to both of them and to the person who makes the referral. Yeah, yeah. And also to the person I'm referring to, because I'm not I'm not going to refer them to somebody else simply to get them off my plate. I'm going to refer them to somebody who I think would be a good fit and I think has the expertise to give them what they need. And so it's like three people get benefit out of it. It's the correct, which comes from a philosophy of being of service. Hmm. Jurgen, what's your dream for the impact you want to make? Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> My dream is that the Flywheel Nation, the community that I have, is seen as the place for these high impact achievers to go, to connect with other people, to find somebody that can contribute to what they're doing if they're stuck with something that they go there and say, I'll find somebody here who can get me unstuck with this. That's my dream, that that's the first point of call 
they go to and that there's the resources there, the people there that that can deal with any situation that might arise for entrepreneurs. The last topic I wanted to talk to you about is, is actually the experience of being in community. What kinds of things do you hear from people in your community about the, the benefits of being in a community, whether it's yours or somebody else's? Oh, that's, it's big because I think people, what's said often is that you join a community for the content and the information that you discover there in, in the first place but you stay there for community. So it's actually less about the, the content is kind of like bringing people in, but they stay for the community. And whilst new content is always important to keep the conversations and the community, the interactions dynamic, it's really that, that community connection um, that's important. And I know from Flywheel Nation the events that I talked about earlier, which is what kicked this off really, that those are the things that people seem to value the most. It's it's just the ability to have conversations with others, uh, with peers, to very quickly get through the, oh, hi, David, I'm, I'm Jürgen, I'm the world's best podcasting coach, what do you do? Um, very quickly get through that and actually have a serious conversation like we're having now about some other things and then determine, yes, we actually resonate with one another, we, we get on with one another, we've actually got things that we can contribute to one another and how do we have that conversation then going forward. They're the things that I hear that, that people value a lot. What's your definition of community? That's a really good question. It's people getting together for a common purpose with a shared shared purpose that, um, yeah, have common interests and both contribute and benefit from that collective. So there's that human connection element, I guess, if you, if you take it seriously. Sounds good. Jürgen, before we close out, is there anything that you want to share that I haven't asked? Well, we haven't touched on ChatGPT, I guess. And one of the things, just very briefly on that one, because that's that could be an episode by itself. That's true. One of the things I've taken into this whole experience, and, and I've jumped in feet first on ChatGPT, and people might say, hang on, you're a human-centred podcasting coach. How come you're um, all in on this artificial intelligence stuff? And my philosophy is that, well, first of all, ChatGPT and the language, the large language models like that are a collective reflection of human intelligence because what they do is they take all this content that have been written by humans and they simply pass it and represent it in various ways depending on what questions are asked of it. So I figure it is a human connection. It's allowing me to connect to humanity in in a much bigger sense. And the second thing, I have conversations. I don't just ask a question and say, okay, that's that's the answer I get and and either accept that as fact or take that as written or maybe fact check it, which I, I recommend everybody do fact check if you're asking questions and get answers. I have conversations with it. So I do things like Tell me about, um, what did I do recently? 
Oh, I was, I was writing a journal of, of a trip we did recently, a road trip, and I was writing, expanding on, on the bullet point list of stuff that I'd written down for the what we'd done for the day and turning that into a journal. And I said to ChatGPT, tell me about this location that we went to. So give me some background information. And then it would tell me something. And then I'd go back and can you fact check this? And so I'd have those sort of conversations. And even when I use it in a marketing sense to write content, for example, I'll go back and I'll say, I don't like the way you've written this. Can you please rewrite this in a different style? And I'll, I'll have that conversation. And one of the things that blew me away one day is it often, if you challenge it, it'll often come back and apologise and say, I'm sorry, I'll, um, I'll change that for you. Or you, um, if you challenge a fact, it'll say, you're correct. I'm sorry, I got it wrong. You're correct. What I did one day at the end of something, a conversation where I got some really valuable content back and I said, this is wonderful. I really appreciate you. And the response was, I'm glad I could help. It's sort of, the, it has these generic responses. I'm glad I could help. If you need anything further in future, please get back to me. And then it said at the end, I appreciate your comments or I appreciate your feedback or something like that. And I thought, wow, that's, <laughs> that's almost human in the response. It's acknowledging that I've kind of said, a, I, actually, it said more than that. It said, not many people take the time to do that, something like that. And I thought, wow. So I think there are ways to use ChatGPT, not just to get information and to have those conversations, but to actually practice kindness and practice kind of this human connection thing. Yeah. The way I look at it is it's like having an assistant that has access to an incredible storehouse of data at its fingertips. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I agree with you. You need to interact with it. It's not just, you know, mm. pose one question and then it's done. That's right. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. We've covered a lot of territory in a short amount of time. If someone wants to go deeper with any of the things we've shared or learn about your community or get in touch with you, where would be the best place for them to go? So the best place to go would be innovabiz.co. So that's I-N-N-O-V-A-B-I-Z.co. And if you put backslash flywheel after that, you'll actually get straight to the um, landing page for the community and you can find out more about that community and, and you can actually join there if you wish to. Great. Jürgen, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us again on Smashing the Plateau. Give us an update and cover lots of things we didn't talk about the last time. My guest today has been Chief Podcast Innovator with InnovaBiz, Jürgen Strauss. Thank you, Jürgen, for joining us. Thanks, David. Remember, being an entrepreneur doesn't mean going it alone. Our community is here to support you, inspire you, and walk with you on your journey. Don't forget to visit smashingtheplateau.com slash goals and book your free 30-minute goal coaching session with me, David Schreiner-Khan. It's an opportunity to gain clarity, identify obstacles, and create a solid action plan toward achieving your business aspirations. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash goals. Join us next time for more wisdom from industry leaders. Until then, keep striving, keep believing, and keep smashing.